welcome to the good old days of radio show. It is Thursday. We are doing a series of radio noir, uh, our version of film noir, and actually <laughs> the old-time actor's version of film noir, too, but radio. We've been doing this for a few weeks, and um, we will continue until we finish. We have a few more to go. Uh, today's is a special for me, because it is a radio adaptation of one of my all-time favorite films. Most of you know me as a connoisseur of the Marx Brothers and Laurel and Hardy and Chaplin and things like that, which I am, but I also like very well-done films in other types of genres. I have said from the outset of this uh, series that I'm not a huge fan of film noir, but I do like some of them. And this is one of the ones, and probably the one, that I would like the best. Uh, the show is The Third Man, uh, a movie made famous in 1949 uh, for having uh, Orson Welles in it. And Orson Welles, unfortunately, is not present on this broadcast today. But the other big star of the film version, Joseph Cotton, who actually is in the film way more than Orson Welles is. Orson Welles has what amounts to a cameo role in the film. But it's an important cameo role, and it plays an important part of the story. And it would have been nice if Mr. Welles had graced one of these radio appearances, uh, one of these radio shows, but he did not do that. But we do have Joseph Cotton, and he is the actual real star of The Third Man. So he's on this one. This is a Lux Radio Theater from April 9th, 1951. There is another version of this, which we would love to present to you one day when we can find a decent-sounding copy of it. Uh, it was done on Theater Guild on the air and is uh, apparently much closer adaptation of the film than what you're going to hear here, but we can't find a decent-sounding copy of it yet. So when we do, we'll just play that one, and then we'll have two versions of The Third Man on the Good Old Days radio show. Not a problem with that as far as I'm concerned. So, here we go. It's a full-hour show uh, from the world-famous Lux Radio Theater, and I will be back to tell you what I think of it after it's over. Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you... The Lux Radio Theater, starring Joseph Cotton and Evelyn Keyes in The Third Man. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keyes. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. In tonight's play, The Third Man, we have a perfect setting for a murder mystery, post-war Europe filled with spies, intrigue, and black markets. Into this atmosphere of cunning and subterfuge comes an American, only to take up the trail of the unknown murderer of his friend, a trail that leads him into hazardous and chilling adventure. As the stars of this suspenseful David O. Selznick production, we have in his original role one of the finest actors of screen and radio, Joseph Cotton. And as his co-star... Charming Evelyn Keyes. The third man not only has a plot to hold everyone's interest, but one of the most haunting of musical themes, 
played on a most unusual instrument, the zither. Now that spring is here, it won't be long before we hear another unforgettable theme, as Lux lovely girls everywhere begin the wedding march. And women who give their complexions daily Lux toilet soap care will, of course, be among the loveliest of brides. Now the curtain rises on the third man, starring Joseph Cotton as Holly Martins and Evelyn Keyes as Anna Schmidt. When the funeral was over, I left the cemetery with a British officer, Major Calloway. He offered to drive me back into town. Then he said he thought I needed a drink. The Major was right. Yes, you've had a bit of a shock, Mr. Martins. You say you arrived in Vienna only this morning? Just in time to go to the funeral. You, uh, you came to Vienna to attend the funeral? Came here to go to work. A friend of mine offered me a job, publicity work for some kind of charity he was running. Well, my friend's dead. Harry Lyme offered you a job? Best friend I ever had. You're a writer, you say? Ever hear of the lone rider of Santa Fe? Death at Double X Ranch? I can't say that I have. Well, don't get any ideas about money. I'm broke. Harry even sent me the plane ticket. No money at all? Little, not very much. Where are you staying? I was going to stay with him. It was the porter at his apartment house who told me. Told you what, Mr. Martins? About the accident. Harry had been killed. He didn't have many friends, did he? I mean, well, at the cemetery, for instance, a handful of people. Well, who were they? Do you know them? I know who they are, yes. A Dr. Winkle, Baron Kurtz, a girl named Anna Schmidt. Oh, what a waste. A shame. What? His dying like that. The best thing that ever happened to him. I... Martins, your friend Harry Lyme was about the worst racketeer that ever made a dirty living in this city. So that's what you are, policemen. This is the international zone. Your country, too, has military police here. So do the French and the Russians. We try to work together. Some petty racket with gasoline or something. You pin it on a dead man, just like a cop. It wasn't gasoline, Mr. So Martins. So it was tires or saccharin. Why don't you catch a few murderers for a change? Murder was part of Harry Lyme's racket. You... Sergeant Penn. Yes, sir. Drive Mr. Martins to Sarkar's hotel. Very good, sir. Nothing elegant, Mr. Martins. Military personnel mostly, but you... Now, just a minute, Callahan. Callaway, I'm English. You're not going to close your files at a dead man's expense. Oh, so you're going to find me the real criminal. Sounds like one of your stories. Oh, when I'm finished with you, you'll leave Vienna. You'll look so silly. You said you had very little cash. Here, take this army money. It'll see you through until tomorrow, and we'll hold a seat for you on the plane. All right, Sergeant. Take him to Zarkas. <laughs> gave me a room on the second floor, and I'd hardly closed the door when the telephone rang. Hello? Mr. Martin. Who's this? Baron Kurtz. Who? Baron Kurtz. I was a friend of Harry Lyme. Oh, oh yes, I'd like very much to meet you, Baron. You, can you come over here? Austrians are not allowed in your hotel, Mr. Martin. Could we not meet at the Mozart Cafe? It is just around the corner. How'll I know you? I will carry one of your books. Harry gave it to me. The... Um, the Oklahoma kids. I'll be right over. Thank you, Mr. Martin. I am delighted to meet you, sir. What would you like? Tea? Coffee? Uh, coffee, please, Black. Zwei Schwarze, bitte. It is wonderful how you keep the tension. Tension? The suspense. In this book, I mean. Oh. So you were a friend of Harry's, Baron Kurtz? I think he's best. 
Except you, of course. Now, the police have a crazy notion he was mixed up in some sort of racket. <laughs> Mr. Martins, who in Vienna is not? We all sell cigarettes and that kind of thing. I have done things that would have seemed unthinkable before the war. I'm afraid the police meant more than that. And they get some rather absurd ideas sometimes. Poor Harry. Where he is now, he will not mind. Even so, I'm not going to leave it at this. Will you help me? I wish I could. But I am an Austrian. I have to be very careful. I'm afraid I cannot help you. Except with advice, of course. Advice. I want to know how he was killed. With the truck? He was struck by the truck. I mean, how? How, how did it happen? We will drink our coffee, Mr. Martins. It is not far from here where it happened. We will walk there, and I will show you. We walked out of the apartment, Mr. Martins. There, where the porter is sweeping. We started toward the corner when a friend of Harry's called to him from over there. That square across the street? Exactly. Harry stepped off the curb and started over. The truck came from that direction. That quickly? That quickly. His friend and I picked him up. We carried him to, to this very spot. Oh. Even at the end, his thoughts were of you. What did he say? I cannot remember the exact words. He was anxious I should look after you when you arrived. But the porter told me he died instantaneously. Well, before the ambulance could reach us. Oh. There were only you and this friend of his. Uh, who was he? A Romanian, Mr. Popesco. I'd like to talk to him. He has left Vienna. Oh, uh, excuse me. I want to ask the porter something. Uh, uh, you, uh, did you know Mr. Lime well? Mr. Lime... Yes. You, know, you remember me. This morning I was here. Yes, I remember you. Well, who used to visit Mr. Lyme? Visit? Uh, Was will er wissen? Er will wissen, where here for care. So, so, es kommen so viele Leute Hallo. hier, dass ich... Ja, mit Sie. Kannst du herkommen? Ja, ein Moment. Nicht später, jetzt. Du musst am Telefon. Please, you will excuse me. Uh, Baron Kurtz, uh, who was at the funeral beside you? You saw them. Only his doctor, Dr. Winkel, and the British officer. Wasn't a girl there? Oh, yes. Some girl of the Josefstadt Theater. You know how Harry was. You don't know her name? I do not think I ever heard it. Mr. Martins, you do better to think of yourself now. <laughs> I'll be all right. Of course. And you will forgive me if I run along uh, now? If I should want to talk with you again, Baron, I... You will find me at the Casanova Club every night. One has to work, you know. And I'm so glad to have met you, Mr. Martins, and your book, a masterpiece of suspense... Such a good cover, too, I think. Oh, yes, uh, Mr. Martins, isn't this it? my key, please, 226. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, how can I get a ticket for the Josefstadt Theater for tonight? Well, I, I think we can arrange that. Uh, speaking of tickets, sir, huh? Major Calloway's compliments, sir, and a ticket for tomorrow's plane. Oh, well, you can tell Major Calloway that I won't need it. I've decided to stay for a while. Oh? Yeah. Yes, Mr. Martins, I will tell him. That night I went to the Josefstadt Theater. After the performance, a pack of cigarettes got me past the doorman to Anna Schmidt's dressing room. Holly Martins? 
That name is supposed to mean something to me? I thought perhaps Harry told you about me. No, he never told me about his friends. Uh, I, I enjoy the play very much. You were awfully good. You are not here to talk about my performance. No, about Harry. Had you known him long? Yes, but there is nothing really to say, is there? Nothing. I saw you at the cemetery this morning. I'm sorry. I did not notice much. You were in love with him, weren't you? I do not know. How can you know a thing like that afterwards? I do not know anything anymore, except I want to be dead, too. I, I was talking to another friend of Harry's, uh, Baron Kurtz. Do you know him? I have met him. He brought me some money when Harry died. He said Harry had been anxious at the last moment. He said Harry spoke of me, too. Seems to show he wasn't in much pain. Dr. Winkle told me that. Dr. Winkle? Uh, the doctor Harry used to go to, he was passing just after it happened. His, his own doctor just passing? Yes. They said it was not the driver's fault. Harry had often said what a careful driver he was. The man in the truck was Harry's driver? Well, I, I just don't understand all this. His own driver knocking him down, his own doctor just passing by. I have wondered about it a hundred times. But what difference does it make? He's dead. But if it wasn't an accident... I'm sorry, I cannot stay here. The manager does not like us to use the electricity. Would you come with me? Where? To Harry's apartment. At this hour? Well, the porter there saw it happen. Well, then why worry? You know that porter? Yes. All right, Mr. Martins. We will speak to the porter. Talk inside in Herr Lyme's apartment. Sehen Sie, da, gleich da drunten, Fräulein, da herunten ist es passiert. What's he saying? Come over to the window. He says it happened right down there. Down there, you, yes. You saw it happen? Not saw, heard. Oh. I heard the brakes. Then I saw them carry the body to the other side of the Emperor Joseph statue. Why didn't they bring him in the house? Could he have been... Conscious. Conscious? Das soll ich auch uh, noch wissen. Conscious. Uh, well, was he still alive? Alive? He could not have been alive, not with his head in the way it was. Well, then how could he have talked about me, about this lady here? Why didn't you say all this at the inquest? It is better to say nothing. I was not the only one. No, who else? Three men carry your friend to that statue down there. Yeah. Kurtz? Yes. This Romanian? Yes. Who else? You mean the doctor? No, 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 no. There was a third man. He come later, after they carried him to the statue. Well, who? Well, I did not see his face. He, he might have been just anybody. Just anybody? I, I was told there were only two men there. You've got to tell the story to the police. Police? Well, why police? This, this is all blödsinn, what they say. This is all crazy. It was an accident. Was it? You don't know it was an accident. But you only saw a dead man and three men carrying him. I should listen to my wife, keep my mouth shut, say nothing. Suppose I take your evidence to the police. I have no evidence. It is not my business. Make it your business. Fräulein, Fräulein Schmidt. We had better leave, Mr. Martins. Oh. Can I take you home? It does not matter, if you want to. Outside in the corridor was a little boy. He was bouncing a rubber ball. Looked up and stared at me. He said that thing for key business, but... What was that all about? He says you do not like the porter. Yes, he says you do not like me. Maybe he's right. Good night, Mr. Martins. Mr. Martins. 
I took on a home, a small apartment building. We paused a moment in the entrance. I have been thinking, leave Vienna, Mr. Martins. <laughs> You're not the first person who's told me there that. There is nothing you can do here. But if I do find something, may I look you up again? Oh, you know where I work, you know where I live, but I... Suddenly the door in front of us flung open, a woman. She pushed me aside, talking to Honor excitedly. She's talking about the police. They're upstairs searching my room. I followed Honor to her room. In it were Sergeant Payne and Major Calloway. Aren't you, Mr. Martin? What the devil is this, Calloway? Pinning things on girls now? Uh, Miss Schmidt, I should like to see your papers, please. Don't you give him anything. Here, my passport. Thank you. Uh, you were born in Salzburg of Austrian parents? Yes. How much did you pay for this passport, Miss Schmidt? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm afraid I'll have to keep it for a while. Uh, give Miss Schmidt a receipt, Sergeant. Oh, and uh, for these letters, too. Yes, sir. I suppose it wouldn't interest you to know that Harry Lyme was murdered. No, you're too busy. You haven't even bothered to get the complete evidence. My letters, must you take them? They'll be returned, miss. But they're private papers. Oh, that's all right, miss. We're used to it, like doctors. There was a third man there. I suppose that doesn't sound peculiar to you, Calloway. I'm not interested in how a racketeer like Lyme was killed. The only important thing is that he's dead. I'm sorry, Miss Schmidt. Must you take those letters? They're Harry's. They're only love letters. They'll be returned as soon as we've examined them. Harry never did anything. Only a small thing once, out of kindness. And what was that? My passport. You have it in your hand. Oh. You'll have to come along with us, Miss Schmidt. You're not locking her up. Oh, Martins, be sensible. You don't know what you're mixing in. Get the next plane. As soon as I get to the bottom of this, I'll get the next plane. Death is at the bottom of everything, Martins. Leave death to the profession. You mind if I use that line in my next western? You can't chuck me out, Major. My papers are in order. Look, is anything really wrong with your passport? It was forged. Why? The Russians would claim me. I come from Czechoslovakia, yes, and if don't I... Mind, Good night, Martins. I stood on the sidewalk as they drove off. Then I remember the doctor, Dr. Vinkel. I got his address from a telephone book and hailed a taxi cab. What can I do for you, Mr. Martins? I, I realize this is no time of night to be calling, doctor, but... Well, we were both friends of Harry Lyme. I... I was his medical advisor, yes. And I want to find out all I can. I can tell you very little. He was dead when I arrived. Yeah. Well, who was with him? Two friends of his. Two? Two, are you sure? Quite sure, Mr. Martins. Could he have been at all uh, conscious? I understand he was for a short time, but I was not there when it happened. My opinion is limited to the causes of death. Have you any reason to be dissatisfied? Well, is it possible that his death might have been... Not accidental. Could he... Could he have been pushed, Doctor? I cannot give an opinion. The injuries to the head and skull would have been the same. And uh, now I'm afraid I Yes, yes, of course. Thank you. Well, Sergeant, come in, come in. I followed Martin, sir. He went to Dr. Winkle's home. Then he came back here. Here? He's down on the street, sir. Waiting for Miss Schmidt, I would imagine. Ah, she's in the other office. Bring her in. Oh, I, um, I showed her forged passport to the French, the Americans, and the Russians. Yes, sir. Our Russian friend, Captain Brodsky, is very interested. He wants us to hold it until he can talk to Colonel Polikov. Well, uh, bring her in, sir. My papers. 
You have not returned everything, have you? I'm sorry. We'll need your passport for a while longer. Miss Schmidt, you knew Harry Lyon very well, didn't you? We loved each other. Is that what you mean? Would you look at this photograph, please? Do you know this man also? I have never seen him. Perhaps you've heard of him. Joseph Harbin. He works in a military hospital. No. Miss Schmidt, it's stupid to lie to me. I'm in a position to help you considerably. I I am not lying. You are wrong about Harry. You, You are wrong about everything. In one of his letters, Harry Lyme asked you to telephone Joseph at the Casanova Club. What was the message? It was not important. Something about meeting Harry at his home. Joseph Harbin disappeared the day you telephoned. Now, we've got to find him, and you can help us. What can I tell you but that you have got everything upside down? Am I under arrest? No. No, we'll send for you when we want you. Thank you. Oh, uh, that American is still waiting for you out there. He won't do you much good, Miss Schmidt. No? No. Good night, Miss Schmidt. In just a few moments, we'll continue with Act Two of The Third Man. Now, here's Libby Collins, our Hollywood reporter, with the Lux Movie News of the Week. Our picture tonight deals with a problem of intense human interest. A famous sportsman stages a comeback after a disabling accident. In Follow the Sun, 20th Century Fox tells us how the great golfer Ben Hogan did just that. In the picture, Glenn Ford is Ben. It's wonderful how he makes golf a thrilling game, even to a novice like me. I never expected so much suspense and action. Isn't it true, Libby, that Ben Hogan himself worked with Glenn throughout the filming? Yes, that's true. And Ann Baxter, as Ben's wife, got her interpretation firsthand from Mrs. Hogan. I got a kick out of Dennis O'Keefe's performance as the golfing pro who loves to play to the galleries. (laughs) Oh, yes, indeed. Follow the Sun has its share of laughs. But above all, it's a tender love story. Ann Baxter makes the part of the devoted wife just about perfect. One of Hollywood's finest young actresses and one of the loveliest. I quite agree, Libby. She's a glamour girl, all right. Always has that fresh, radiant look about her. Well, John, she's a Lux girl. Anne depends on Lux soap for her complexion care and uses the new bath size, too. Says it makes her Lux beauty bath more luxurious than ever. So many stars tell us that, Libby. And no wonder. Lux is a soap you don't have to coax to lather. Even in hardest water, you get plenty of rich, creamy lather. And I love the way it leaves skin so fresh. Lux lovely all over. Lux soap in the generous bath size is made to please lovely women everywhere. Its active lather makes you sure of daintiness, sure of charm. Screen stars say they enjoy the delicate fragrance a Lux soap bath leaves on the skin. Put this generous new bath size on your shopping list now. You'll be delighted with its creamy lather and flower-like fragrance. It's easy to be Lux lovely all over. Find out for yourself why nine out of ten screen stars use Lux toilet soap. Now our producer, Mr. William Keeley. Act two of The Third Man, starring Joseph Cotton as Holly Martins and Evelyn Keyes as Anna Schmidt. saw me waiting under the street lamp in front of the government building. She would have gone on away if I hadn't stopped her. I suggested a drink at the Casanova Club. Good evening.
evening. Well, you have found out my little secret, Mr. Martins. The Baron Kurtz, a violin player in a cheap cafe. Good evening, Miss Schmidt. Good evening. You have proved the police to be wrong, Mr. Martin. No, no, not yet. Mr. Popesco is here tonight. Oh, I thought you said he'd left Vienna. He is back now. Huh. I will bring him here to your table. You have not done enough for tonight. But the porter said three men carried the body and two of them are here. You, of course, know Miss Schmidt. Mr. Popesco, Mr. Martin. How do you do? How do you do? Any friend of Harry's is a friend of mine. There. Now I leave you together. Uh, uh, Mr. Popesco, I understand you were with Harry when the truck came Oh, up. it was a terrible thing. I was just crossing the road. He and the Baron were on the sidewalk. Maybe if I had not called to him, he... Anyway, he, he stepped off to meet me, and I have never seen a man killed before. I think there's something funny about the whole thing. Funny? Something wrong. Of course there was. It was so insane for a man like Harry Lyme to be killed in a street accident. That's all you meant. But what else, Mr. Martin? Who was the third man? Now, what man would you be referring to, please? I was told that a third man helped you and Kurtz carry him. A third man? Hmm. Who could have told you a story like that? The porter. He saw the accident? The porter? He saw three men carrying the body. I do not seem to recall the porter at the police inquiry. Well, he doesn't want to get involved. Involved? It is his duty to give evidence, even though he remembered wrong. He told you more, Mr. Martin? That Harry was dead before you got him to the statue. Somebody's lying, Mr. Popesco. Oh, no, 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 not necessarily. The British police say Harry was mixed up in some racket. Oh, impossible. Harry had a great sense of duty, yes, Miss Schmidt? I am afraid I have not been listening. If there's anything else, Mr. Martin? No, no, thanks for stopping by. It was my pleasure. Good night, Miss Schmidt. Good night. This is a nice girl, Mr. Martins, but she ought to go careful in Vienna. A city like this, everybody ought to be careful. Next morning, I went to Harry's apartment house. That little boy with the rubber ball was playing on the sidewalk. She suckened him, portier. Dressed him killer. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Sonny. You're 100% right. Hey, homie, she guessed and gehört. Yeah. She haven't met him, portier. You want of me now? Is it so important always to ask me questions? Yes, it is. I am not a bad man. I, I would like to tell you something. Then how did a car, a truck... Shh, not now, not here. What? My wife, if she thinks I tell right, you anything... All right, but when? Come tonight, early tonight. My wife goes out. But why does it have to be... Shh, tonight. You come here tonight. Barista. Oh, does that mean come in? Oh, yes, come in. Hope you don't mind. I have something to tell you. The porter's going to talk to us again tonight. Oh, need we go through it all again? Well, I'd manage by myself, then. You'll be at the theater, I suppose. No, we do three plays a week. I do not appear again until Thursday. Then why don't you want to... Oh, bad day, huh? It is always bad about this time. Harry used to stop by around six. I have been frightened before of being alone, without friends, without money. But I have never known anything like this. Please, tell me about him. Tell you what? Oh, anything. When did you see him last? What did you do? <laughs> We didn't make much sense. We drank too much. Once he tried to steal my girl. Where is she? 
Oh, that was many years ago. Tell me more. Well, it's, it's, it's very difficult. You knew Harry. We didn't do anything very amusing. He just made everything seem like, I don't know, uh, like a lot of fun. Was he clever when he was a boy? I suppose so. He could fix anything. Harry fixed my papers for me. He heard the Russians were repatriating people like me who come from Czechoslovakia. He knew the right person right away for forging the stamps. When he was 14, he taught me three card tricks. That's growing up fast. Oh, he never grew up. The world grew up around him, that's all. And buried him. No, Anna, no. Don't. You fall in love again. Oh, no, I do not want to. Never, I do oh. not want to. If we have to see the porter, we had better go. Well, a moment ago, you didn't want to see the porter. We are both in it, Harry. Holly. Holly Martin. Remember? I am sorry. It's all right. You might at least get my name right. You know, you ought to find yourself a girl. Yeah, that's just what I keep telling myself. dark when we turned the corner of Harry Street. We were still half a block away when Anna noticed the crowd milling around the entrance. There was an ambulance at the curb. An accident. Another accident. Wait here. Let me see what it's all about. What's the matter? What is lost? The portier is umgebracht worden. don't understand. A murder. The portier Porter? But I... The porter, dead. Somebody kills the porter. Hans, how much time must I say to you to stay away? Hans, there was. There was. There was. Suddenly everyone was silent. They were staring at me and drawing back, and that boy pointing his finger at me and shouting. I was talking to saying, there is the murder, murder, murder. I didn't have to understand German to know what he meant. The porter had been murdered, and the boy was saying I killed him. Suddenly the crowd became alive again. I grabbed Anna and we ran. It was Anna who said we didn't have to run anymore. And the alley behind us was empty. No one was hot. They are afraid. Like everyone in Vienna, afraid even of you. He was afraid too. The porter... Now he's dead. But the boy, why did the boy say that I you... Don't, I don't know why. What are you going to do? Why now they have told the police they will be looking for I'm, you. I'm not quite sure what I should do. Well, then be sensible. Tell Major Calloway. Calloway? Maybe you're right. And you. I will go with you. Now, who's being sensible now? You shouldn't even be seen with me. Here, take a taxi and go home. I'd better not see you again. I agree with you, Mr. Martins. Good night. I told you to leave, Martins. You're lucky we even got here alive. You've been blundering around with the worst bunch of racketeers in Vienna. Your precious Harry's friends. And now you're wanted for murder. Well, put down drunk and disorderly too, Major Calloway. Oh, stop behaving like a fool. I'm only an amateur fool. You're the professional. You've been shaking your cap and bells all over Vienna. I think it's time you heard the facts, Mr. Martins. I don't want another murder in this case, and you were born to be murdered. Have you ever heard of penicillin? Uh, in Vienna, there hasn't been enough penicillin to go round. There are a nice little trade started up. Stealing penicillin from the hospitals, diluting it to make it go further, and selling it to the patients. You know what that means? 
Means you were too busy chasing a few tubes of penicillin to investigate a homicide. These were homicides. Men with gangrenous legs. Women in childbirth. And there were children, too. They used some of this diluted penicillin against meningitis. This is the racket Harry Lyme organized. Calloway, you haven't shown me one shred of evidence. Uh, well, we're just coming to that. Here. This is a photograph of a man called Harbin, a medical orderly at the General Hospital. He worked for Lyme. He helped steal the penicillin from the laboratories. We forced him to give information to us, which led us as far as Kurtz and Lyme. But you didn't arrest them. Our evidence wasn't complete. It might have spoiled our chances of getting the others. I'd like a word with this Harbin fellow. Would you, Mr. Martin? Yes. Yeah. So would I. He disappeared four days ago. Well, we'll have a look at Baron Kurtz. We know for a fact that Lyme met Kurtz a little over a year ago. Mr. Martins, they turn my stomach. How could he have done it? How could... How could Harry... Harry have done it? How? 70 pounds for a tube of penicillin? Hmm. Oh, you go back to the hotel, Mr. Martins. Stay in your room. About the porter, I'll fix that with the Austrian police, but I can't be responsible for you out on the streets. I'm not asking you to. I am sorry, Martins. Still got that plane ticket? It'll be at the hotel in the morning. Well, this time, I think I'll use it. Come in, Mr. Martins. Thanks. I thought you were going to Major Galloway. That's where I've been. You said you were not going to see me again. I'm not. I just wanted to say goodbye. I'm going back home. Why? Well, it's what you've always wanted, all of you. Cat? I know you had a cat. Kitty. Kitty, kitty. Mallard, don't you want to play? I had better let him out. He's not very sociable, is he? He liked only Harry. What made you decide so suddenly? Or did Calloway tell you? Tell me? About Harry. Do you know? I also saw Calloway this afternoon. Harry is better dead. I knew he was mixed up, but not like that. I knew him for t 20 years. At least I thought I knew him. Suppose he was... Laughing at fools like us all the time. He liked to laugh. Seventy pounds or two. He wanted me to write for his great medical charity. Perhaps I could have raised the price to eighty pounds. Oh, please, for heaven's sake, stop making him in your image. Harry was real. He was not just your friend and my lover. He was Harry. Don't preach to me. You talk about him as if he had occasional bad manners. Oh, I don't know. I'm just a hack writer who drinks too much and falls in love with girls. You. Me? Don't be such a fool, of course. Oh, if you had wrong me and asked me whether you were fair or dark or had a mustache, I would not no, have known. I'm leaving Vienna. I don't care whether Harry was murdered by Kurtz or Popesco or the third man. Whoever killed him, there was some sort of justice. Maybe I would have killed him myself. Person doesn't change because you find out more. Look, I've got a splitting headache, and you just stand there and talk and talk and talk. I hate it. Oh, you hate it. <laughs> you know, that's the first time I ever heard you laugh. Do it again. There is not enough for two laughs. If I make comic faces, 
If I stand on my head, wouldn't stand a chance, would I? Oh, now, first you're laughing. Now this. Go away. Just go away. It was dark in the street, deserted. The large, empty square with the black buildings looming up around it. Not a sound. Just the mewing of a cat. Kitty? Kitty, kitty? Kitty? Suddenly I saw the cat was licking a pair of black shoes. Who's there? What kind of a spy do you think you are waiting in a doorway to tail me? Well, cat got your tongue? Come out of there. Come on out. Harry. Harry! This is where you think you saw him. This, eh? is, this is where you saw Harry Lyle. This is where he vanished. I told you he came out of that doorway. It, don't you believe me? You heard footsteps. You saw a shadow, and then you saw Harry Lyle. I tell you, I... Oh, yes, yes, of course. And then he vanished with a puff of smoke and a clap of thunder. What's that over there? That, that booth in the square? It's a kiosk inside a steps leading down to the sewer tunnel. Tunnel? You mean a man could... All right, Martins. Yes, a man could go down there, but I don't believe he did, and I don't believe it was Lyle. Then why did you even bother to come out here? Do you realize what this means? What you're forcing me to do? If you saw Lyme tonight, then someone else was buried in that cemetery. It was like a page out of Edgar Allan Poe. The gravediggers, the men holding torches, the open casket, and then an official of the cemetery turning to Callaway. You knew this man, Major? You can identify him? Yes. Yes, I knew this man. Joseph Harbin medical orderly at the general hospital. Well, I suppose the least I can do is uh, apologize, Martins. Obviously, you did see Harry Lyon. Thanks. I'll, uh, I'll drop you off at the hotel, and then I'll... And if you don't mind, you can drop me off at Anna Schmidt's apartment. You won't find her there. Oh, why not? Because by now she's been arrested by Sergeant Payne. Why, what for? Her passport. She's wanted by the Russian police. No. She should be at my office by now. Then I'd see her there. No, Mr. Martins, you cannot see her there. Now, you've just stepped in the office, Miss Schmidt. Major Calloway wants to speak to you. I'm sorry to bring you back here at this hour, Miss Schmidt. You're arresting me because of the passport. Is that it? I'm not interested in your passport. When did you last see Harry Lyon? Two weeks ago. I want the truth. We know that Lyme is alive. What did you say? I'm sorry. I've just come from the cemetery. Another man was buried in his place. Where is he? Where is Harry? That is what we want to find out. I do not seem able to understand anything you say. I... He is alive now. This minute he's doing something. We know he's somewhere in the Russian zone. In a few minutes, Captain Brodsky will be questioning you about your papers. Tell me where Lyme is. I do not know. If you help me, I'm prepared to help you. Martin's always said you were a fool. Vienna's huh? a closed city, Miss Schmidt. Lime can't get away. I wish he were dead. He would be safe from all of you, Dan. Ah, you leave me no alternative. All right, Sergeant. Take her to Brodsky.
few moments, we'll bring you Act Three of The Third Man. I've chosen as our guest tonight an actress who plays an unusual role in a most unusual picture, the David O. Selznick, Alexander Corder production, Gypsy Blood. Let me introduce Miss Irene Winston. I understand, Irene, your part is uh, heard but not seen. <laughs> yes, Mr. Keeley. I play a voice, the voice of a mother speaking to her daughter through a gypsy charm book. Jennifer Jones is a star, you know. A lovely, wild, half-gypsy girl. When she wants guidance, she consults her book, and that's when I speak. Hmm, Gypsy Blood was filmed abroad, wasn't it? Yes, except for my part done right here in Hollywood. I wish I could have gone to Wales and to Shropshire in England where the outdoor shots were made. They're magnificent. You know, I'd say this wild, dramatic countryside is the right background for this fantastic tale. And Jennifer Jones is so right for the part of the gypsy maid with her dark, striking beauty. She never has to use makeup, you know, with that fabulous complexion. Speaking of charm books, Irene, I'm sure there's a leaf in yours on Lux Toilet Soap. I should say so, Mr. Kennedy. The very first page. Like the screen stars, I wouldn't trust my skin to any other soap. Lux Soap Facials are such a grand complexion care. Won't you tell us how easy it is to be Lux lovely, Irene? I'd love to, Mr. Kennedy. I just cream the rich lather on with my fingertips and work it in well. Then I rinse with warm water and finish with little splashes of cold. Then I use a very soft towel and pat my face dry. I like the way my skin feels afterwards, too. So soft and smooth. Thank you, Miss Irene Winston, for telling us about Hollywood's own complexion care. Lux has active lather that makes you sure of gentle, thorough cleansing. Try these beauty facials and notice the difference in your skin. Discover why nine out of ten screen stars depend on fragrant white Lux toilet soap. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Curtain rises on Act Three of The Third Man, starring Joseph Cotton as Holly Martins and Evelyn Keyes as Anna Schmidt. I called on Dr. Winkel early the next morning. I told him I wanted to talk to Harry Lyme. Harry Lyme? Mr. Martins, are you mad? All right, I'm mad. I've seen a ghost. You just tell Harry I want to see him today, this afternoon. Be reasonable. How can you stand there and... I saw Harry last night. Now... I passed a park a few blocks from here, an amusement park. You tell Harry I'll meet him there. You can arrange it. You are Kurtz. You take a great deal for granted, Mr. Martin. Do I? Or do ghosts only ride by night, Dr. Finkel? He was there at the amusement park at 3 o'clock. Harry Lyme, striding down the midway, a broad smile on his face... Immaculate and chipper as always. Holly, Holly, old man, how are you? Hello, Harry. Well, well, I seem to be giving you quite a busy time. Now listen, I want to talk to you. Of course. Come on, let's go on the Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel? Hmm, business must be bad. Look, not a soul to get in our way. We'll have it all to ourselves, our little talk. Or does it make you dizzy way up there? Come on, we're wasting time. 
What's wrong with this? Well, up we go, Holly. Kids used to ride this thing a lot in the old days, but they haven't the money anymore, poor devils. It's good to see you, old man. Maybe it is, considering I was at your funeral. It was pretty smart, wasn't it? You know what happened to your girl? Hmm? She's been arrested. Tough, eh? Tough. Ah, don't worry. They won't hurt her. They're handing her over to the Russians. <laughs> what can I do, old man? I'm dead, aren't I? Holly, exactly who did you tell about me, hmm? I told the police. Unwise, old man. Unwise. And Anna. And uh, did the police believe you? You don't care anything at all about Anna, do you? Well, I've got quite a lot on my mind. You wouldn't do anything for her. What do you want me to do? Be reasonable. Do you expect me to give myself up? Why not? Holly, you and I aren't heroes. The world doesn't make any heroes outside of your stories. I've got to be so careful. I'm safe only here in the Russian zone. And I'm safe here only as long as they can use me. As long as they can use me. So that's how they found out about Anna. You you told them, didn't you? Don't try to be a policeman, old man. What do you expect me to be, part of your... You can have any part you want as long as you don't interfere. I've never cut you out of anything. Yes, I remember the time they raided that gambling joint. You knew a safe way out. Sure. Sure. Safe for you. Not safe for me. Old man, you should never have gone to the police, you know. You ought to leave this thing alone. Have you ever seen one of your victims? Victims? Look down there, Holly. Way down there. Would you really feel any pity if one of those dots of humanity stopped moving forever? If I offered you 20,000 pounds for every dot that stopped, would you really, old man, tell me to keep my money? Or would you calculate how many dots you could afford to spare, free of income tax? A lot of good your money will do you in jail. You forget. That jail's in the other zone. There's no proof against me. Uh, Besides you. I, I should be pretty easy to get rid of. Pretty easy? I uh, wouldn't be too sure. I carry a gun. I don't think they'd look for a bullet wound after you hit the ground. No, not from this height. They've dug up your coffin, Harry. And found Harpin. Pity. <laughs> Holly, what fools we are to talk this way. As though I'd do anything to you or you to me. You're just a little mixed up about things in general. Nobody thinks in terms of human beings. Governments don't. Why should we? They talk about the people in the planetarium. I talk about the suckers and the mugs. It's the same thing. They have their five-year plan, so have I. You used to believe in God. I still believe in God, old man. I believe in God and mercy and all that, but I'm also convinced that the dead are happier dead. They don't miss much here, now do they? <laughs> well, it appears our little journey into the ozone is over. Uh, uh, where are you going? I'm not sure. Then wait a minute. I'd like to cut you in, Holly. Nobody left in Vienna I can really trust, and we've done so many things together. When you make up your mind, send me a message through Kurtz. I'll meet you any place, any time. <laughs> but it'll be you I want to see, old man, not the police. Remember that, eh? <laughs> and don't be so gloomy. After all, it's not that awful. Remember what the fellow said? In Italy, for 30 years under the Borgias, they had warfare, terror, murder, and bloodshed. But they produced Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and the Renaissance. In Switzerland, they had brotherly love. 
They had 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did they produce? The cuckoo clock. So long, Holly. Here, Martins, in the international zone. Why not? A cafe, a restaurant, anywhere. You expect too much, Calloway. Uh, I, I, I know he deserves to hang, but don't ask me to tie the rope. Okay, Martins. Forget it. Pardon me, Major. Are you busy? Oh. Yes, come in, Captain Brodsky. We have identified the girl called Anna Schmidt. Oh, yes. Well, I've questioned her, Captain. We have nothing against her. But we have. We shall apply for her tomorrow at the four-power meeting. She has no right to be here. I've made an application, too. I've asked your people to help me with Harry Lyme. That is a different case, Major. It is being looked into. Good afternoon. That's the sort of thing we're up against, Martins. What price would you pay for Harry Lyme? A considerable price. Anna Schmidt's freedom? Yes, Mr. Martins. I think even that might be arranged... That's your train over there, miss. Is anything else I can do? I do not understand, Major Calloway, Sergeant. Uh, why has he done this, helping me to run away? I expect he's got a soft spot for you, miss. You're well out of things now. Good luck, miss. Thank you. Two minutes before the train leaves, Anna. Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I just wanted to see you off. Well? How did you know I'd be here? You have seen Major Calloway again. Of course not. Now, Anna, send me a wire as soon as you arrive. Where he, is Harry? He's safe in the Russian zone. I saw him this afternoon. How, how is he? Oh, he can look after himself. Don't you worry. Did he say anything about me? Tell me. All the usual things. No, something is wrong. Did you tell Calloway about meeting him? Of course I didn't tell Calloway. Then why should he help me like this? The Russians will only make trouble for oh, him. Oh, that's his headache. Why are you lying to me? We're getting you out of here, aren't we? No, I will not go. You have seen Calloway. What are you two doing? Well, well, they they asked me to help take him, oh, and I'm helping. Poor Harry. Poor Harry. Poor Harry wouldn't even lift his finger to help you. You, you have your precious honesty. You want nothing else, do you? You still want him. Oh, I do not want him. I do not want to see him or hear him. But he's still a part of me, and to harm him, to... No. No, I cannot now, do it. Get on the train. No. Why? Why do we always have to quarrel? If you want to sell your services, it does not mean I am willing to be the price. I loved him. You loved him. What good have we done him? Love. Look at yourself. They have a name for faces like that. Anna didn't leave. I asked Calloway to get me on the first plane out of Vienna. This time he said I'd need a priority. He told me to come with him. He had another call to make first. You, uh, you know what this place is, don't you? Hospital. Yeah. I really didn't have to come here. I just thought it might interest you. You uh, open that door, Mr. Martins. This is a ward. All the children you see in there are the result of Lyme's penicillin racket. Most of them had meningitis. Terrible pity, isn't it? children. There are 40 of them in this one ward. No. no, I'm wrong. 38. Two of them died last night. Well, we'd better be on our way. Your priority. 
You'll be going straight to New York, I suppose. Well, let's see. With any sort of connections, you should all be All right, all right, Calloway. You win. Win? Win what? I'll stay. I'll be your dumb decoy duck. Thanks, Martins. The plan was very simple. Through Kurtz, I got word to Harry that I wanted to see him. Calloway picked the spot, the Café Orel, at six o'clock. At five minutes to six, I sat down at a table in the corner, my eyes glued on the entrance for Lyme. I didn't even see her walk up. Evil not come, not Harry. Oh, no. How did you know I... Kurtz told me. Kurtz, but now Kurtz has been arrested. The others, too. I know. Major Galloway stopped me out there on the street. Harry will not come. He is not a fool. He'll come. What is your price this time? Oh, no price, Anna. Please go away. Honest, sensible, harmless Holly Martins. Holly, what a silly name. You must feel very proud to be a police informer, to be able to... She stopped talking. She just stood there. Across the cafe in the doorway was Harry Lyme. Harry, get away! The police are waiting for you! Run! Run! Suddenly there was a gun in his hand. Sergeant Payne was in front of him now. Harry fired once, but he never stopped moving. He ran through the cafe into the kitchen and he's gone. I was out in the street now. From all sides, the police were closing in. One group was running toward a kiosk, one of those little buildings covering the entrance to the sewer. Among them was Calloway. Martins, go back. Don't be a fool. I've got a gun. I've got Sergeant Payne's gun. Put it away and get out of here. Where can he get to? He'll never make it. We've got men closing in from both directions. They'll kill him. That is up to Mr. Lyme. Wait at my office if you like. Just get out of here. I went back to the street. There was a taxi on the corner, and I gave Anna's address. But it was the sewer I was thinking of. The sewer and the kiosk in the square across from Anna's house. I climbed down the iron ladder and waited. Far off, I could hear the shouts of the police, and below, as I clung to the wet wall, the sluggish churning of the water. Then, then a different sound. Someone was coming closer. Closer. Stay where you are, Harry. Holly? Yes. My friend. You're through, Harry. You haven't got a chance. I won't miss a second time, and you're in my way. Harry, give up. Give up before the... Suckers and mugs, all of you. Suckers and... This was where I came in, the cemetery, the freshly dug grave, the priest reciting the credo, the grave diggers in the background, Calloway and Anna. Now it was over. The girl turned and started down the long road between the trees. What time is it, Martins? Hmm? Oh, oh, 2.30. Get in the Jeep. I'll have to step on it if we're going to catch that plane. 
Calloway, can't you do something about Anna? I'll do what I can. If she'll let me. She's alone. She's, she's so alone. Well, perhaps I'll be able... Now, wait a minute. Let me out. Well, how much time, you well, know? I can't just leave, please. I'll be sensible, Martins. I haven't got a sensible name, Calloway. I stood at the edge of the road and waited. What could I say to her? What could I tell her? There wasn't time to think. She was in front of me now. Anna. But Anna Schmidt did not turn her head, not even a glance. She just kept walking down the road. In just a moment, we want you to meet our stars in person, and Mr. Keeley will tell you all about next week's show. When you see Miriam Hopkins in her current pictures, you'll realize why she's considered one of Hollywood's most fascinating and versatile stars. Always lovely to look at, she depends on Lux Toilet Soap for complexion care and for a luxurious beauty bath, too. I'm devoted to Lux in the big bath size, she says. It gives the most wonderful creamy lather, and the fragrance is delightful. Try this satin-smooth bath cake Miriam Hopkins recommends. Lux has active lather. You'll find it leaves skin so fresh. Lux lovely all over. And the perfume in Lux toilet soap will remind you of spring blossoms. Yes, it's easy to be Lux lovely all over with this fragrant white bath cake nine out of ten screen stars use. Now, here's Mr. Keeley with our stars. We say goodbye to the third man, but welcome our stars for another curtain call. Joseph Cotton and Evelyn Keeley. Well, there's no doubt that our play tonight has one of the most famous musical themes we've ever heard. Famous like your Lux Radio Theater theme music here, Bill. Whenever I hear it, I naturally think of Lux in Hollywood. I think of Lux soap and its wonderful complexion care. There's a theme I can't praise enough. Well, thanks, Evelyn. But when we look at you, we can understand why. But now, how about your musical preference in uh, theme songs? Mm, it's de decidedly on the Latin side, definitely down South America way. Could this be the influence of your trip down to South America for the film festival? Yes, and we had a wonderful time. It was held at a beautiful summer resort on the coast called Punta del Este. And every night we saw motion pictures representing every country in the world. And the award was finally won by Italy. You know, I think our audience would be interested to know that this was the first World Film Festival ever held in this hemisphere, and that you were invited as the guest of the Uruguayan government. Yes, and they simply couldn't do enough for us all the time we were there. And then Joan Fontaine and I went on to Rio de Janeiro. Joan Fontaine? Well, she's been doing quite a bit of uh, traveling lately, hasn't Such she? Such as in the Paramount picture you both made for producer Hal Wallace, Joe? Oh, that's right, September Fair. <laughs> uh, we actually made the picture in Italy. Now, that's a beautiful country to visit, Evelyn. Oh, no need to. I saw your picture, and I don't know when I've been so impressed with, with an authentic background. Well, there's nothing like travel. 
So where are you taking your radio audience next week, Bill? We're going back to the early 1900s, Joe, and revive some of the most captivating music of our times. It's 20th Century Fox's gay musical, Oh, You Beautiful Doll. And for the first time, the producer of the picture will be one of its stars, the inimitable Georgie Jessel. Uh And as his co-stars, Joan Caulfield and Bob Crosby. Oh, we'll certainly be listening. Good night. Good night, Bill. Good night. You are both splendid. Who is this Hollywood star? At 15, she left a private school in Vienna to act in films. This photogenic dark-haired beauty came to America in 1937 and was starred in her first American picture. A Viennese American beauty? Mm-hmm. That sounds like Hedy Lamar. Right. And Hedy is typical of Hollywood in her enthusiasm for new lux with color freshener. Like so many Hollywood stars, she thinks the new lux is more wonderful than ever, insists on it for all her lovely washables. New lux with color freshener keeps white things dazzling white. Print sparkling, all colors gay as new every time you wash them. It's a real beauty bath for colors, and so safe. Take Hedy Lamar's tip. Get new Lux with color freshener tomorrow. Give all your nice things that lovely Lux look. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Oh, You Beautiful Doll, starring George Jessel, Joan Caulfield, and Bob Crosby. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Heard in our cast tonight were Ben Wright as Major Calloway, Edgar Barrier as Baron Kurtz, Ted DeCorsia as Harry, and Fritz Feld, Harold Dyron Forth, Bill Johnstone, Herbert Butterfield, Jack Crucian, Robert Boone, Norman Field, Jeffrey Silver, Gladys Holland, and Eddie Marr. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Rudy Schrager. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear George Jessel, Joan Caulfield, and Bob Crosby in Oh, You Beautiful Doll. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, the first thing I can say about this is they goofed up the musical score. The original film has a brilliant musical score, and it's all based on that third man theme with the zither. And they had a little bit of that here. But when you watch the actual film, the zither becomes <laughs> almost a character in the film. And here they've taken it out and replaced it with some kind of generic music. And so it kind of really destroys that aspect of the film. Um, Joseph Cotton still does a great job as uh, Holly Martin. Um, Certainly missed Orson Welles here, even though he would have only been on for a little bit. Yeah, they didn't quite capture that character particularly correct. Ben Wright, uh, who's in this thing, was the Nazi who chased the Von Trapp family across Austria in The Sound of Music. 
Uh, Fritz Feld did a number of comic roles. Um, he's in a Marx Brothers film. He's in a lot of Three Stooges films. He's in all kinds of things. I didn't even recognize him here. I'm not sure what he did. He, he was one of the actors, but I missed who, who he was. And Norman Field, isn't Norman Field the guy from uh, Three's Company with Suzanne Somers and John Ritter? Maybe I have the name wrong, but anyway, Suzanne Somers died recently, and so when I heard the name Norman Field, I thought, hmm... Uh, is that the same guy that appeared as Mr. Roper in the Three's Company television show? Not sure of that. Lux Soap. Okay, a bit about Lux Soap. For those who don't really realize this, these programs come from gigantic 16-inch records, um, which are made of metal with a lacquer coating across the top. That's how they cut them when they were at the radio networks. Um, they were not cut for commercial use. They were cut uh, for the sponsors, for the actors, for people involved with the show as reference copies. But they were cut on these large 16-inch discs, and that's where we get them from, hopefully. Uh, sometimes they come on other forms, but that's normally where they, where they come. And Lux Toilet Soap, amazingly, which they no longer make, at least as far as I know, they no longer make Lux Toilet Soap. Lux Toilet Soap was the perfect thing to wash a 16-inch radio transcription with. Currently, I have to use Dove, and even that's getting hard to find because most of the toilet uh, soaps or dish soaps out there have all kinds of chemical additives in them these days. But the original Lux uh, Soap was the best thing you could use to clean a 16-inch radio transcription before making a transfer to tape or digital or whatever you're doing with it these days. So uh, too bad they don't make Lux Soap anymore. If they do, tell me. I want to buy some. Where do I get, where do I get some more Lux Soap? Um, right now what we're using is Tincture of Green Soap, which is a whole different thing. Um, if you run a tattoo parlor, you'll know what Tincture of Green Soap is. But it's a soft non-chemical type soap that's used to clean human skin before tattooing it. So here you get all the cr crazy trivia that only I can provide on the good old days of radio show. Clean your transcription discs with tincture of green soap and they will clean up pretty good. Not as good as with Lux, but uh, it works quite well, especially removing that white powder as the the lacquer starts to deteriorate. If you don't get that off of there, the lacquer falls off the aluminum and we don't have any more show. It's gone. All right. Well, I'm really drifting into the weeds here, but anyway, <laughs> Lux Radio Theater, The Third Man, good, but go watch the movie. The movie is far, far more uh, riveting than this program was. Okay, this is John Tefteller, Good Old Days of Radio Show. We'll be back next week with another film noir slash radio noir, and we'll be back with comedy on Tuesday. So until then, see you later.